today's guest is Tyler Christensen, a full-time fifth-grade teacher who also is a writer, a speaker, and a web designer in his spare time. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Hustle of the Day podcast. I am here with Tyler Christensen. Tyler, thank you, first of all, for coming on. I really appreciate the time. Um, it's it's fun to actually have another uh, Utah guy on here, even though we're not we're on more opposite ends of the state. It's uh, it's good to have that connection. Yeah, no, my pleasure. You know, and I actually I grew up in northern Utah, so we used to be neighbors. Yep, <laughs> I, I can. Uh, as we were talking off air, you you've got some involvement with uh, uh, BYU football, so I, I assume there was a connection there somewhere that you you spend some time around BYU. But. Yeah, yeah, that's where I did my undergrad and met my wife and everything. So yeah, I have a, a soft spot for BYU. For yeah, sure. for sure. Um, so I want to get uh, people to understand who you are and, and uh, have a better idea of who Tyler Christensen is. So why don't you give us a little uh, introduction and spiel about uh, you? Sure. Well, I, I love your show because when I think about myself, I think hustler, you know, that's I and I, I love to be involved with a lot of different things, you know, a little bit of that shiny object syndrome. Um, but I'm just I, I have my my hands in a, a lot of different activities. So I'm a runner. I do web design. I'm a speaker. Uh, I like to work on house projects and I'm an author um, but then mostly I'm a family man and a teacher. And so that's where really my core identity is, is as a teacher. Very cool. Um, I can definitely relate uh, to the shiny object syndrome. There's times where <laughs> I'll start something and jump to another and then jump to something else. And I'm, I'm trying to trying to focus. But um, you, you mentioned that you're a runner and my family is all big runners. They, they all love running. And I hate it. It is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, I I have some some talent towards it, but man, you you can't convince me to do it for the life of me. So. Yeah, no, my wife feels the same way. And when I was younger, and I, I did cross country in high school, and we had these shirts. They were awesome. It says, "Our sport is your sport's punishment." Yeah. And <laughs> I just love that because you either love it or you hate it with running, for sure. Absolutely, uh, very cool. Well, you've got an, an impressive resume, but I do like that you have a uh, your core identity, and that is really important. That you're an educator and a family man. I'm a family man myself, uh, but the only way I can really educate people is by doing this podcast and interviewing people who are out there hustling. And like you said, you identify with that. Um, so I want to jump in real quick and ask you who in your life so far has been most influential on you, whether that's business, personal, whatever the case may be? Yeah, well, that's an easy one for me. Hands down, it's my wife, Natalie. And mostly personal, but even with business, you know, when I'm going to try a new venture, whatever, I run everything through her. And she's kind of my voice of reason. So when I'm going a little too far with something, or I'm a little too scattered, she pulls me back and says, okay, what's really reasonable here? And how can we get back on track? So she's definitely my voice of reason. But she's also just been an inspiration to me all my life. Like my all time hero, I live with her. It's just great. Very cool. Yeah, my wife definitely, she'll wait for me to to breach the subject and talk about, you know, something that I have questions on a business or something like that. 
mm-hmm. but she's very opinionated in a good way, very helpful in in that regard. So I definitely relate to that. Um, I'm glad you have that support system and that she is so influential to you. Uh, so you've been an educator for quite some time, mm-hmm. uh, currently teaching fifth grade, right? Yep, that's right. And uh, you you have been a professor, but you you were telling me before that you actually enjoy the fifth graders more teaching them, correct? You know, yeah, and it's kind of an apples to oranges thing because when I started out, so back 15, 16 years ago, that's when I started as a teacher. And I actually started teaching middle school. I did LDS seminary for a while. And then when I went to work on my master's degree, I taught middle school. From there, I went to work on my PhD and became a professor. uh, And I loved it. In fact, I thought that was my dream job. I loved going to work every day. I loved teaching. I loved that environment where I could really write my own curriculum and decide what was important. Um, But then through a bunch of different changes in our family circumstance, we ended up moving across the country uh, here to southern Utah. And I found myself in in fifth grade. And it's totally different than what I expected. Even though I was teaching fifth grade teachers, that was my job as a professor was to teach elementary school teachers. So I'd been in that world and I observed in hundreds of schools. And I, I so this world isn't totally new to me. But going through it now as a brand new teacher, this is my third year teaching. And it was overwhelming at first and then so rewarding since. And and it's still hard. I I, I mean, fifth grade, it, I have to be honest, it's a lot harder than being a professor. But it's also awesome to see the change you can make uh, in your students' lives. And, and so I, I love it. It's a great job. Very cool. So you've, you've been teaching uh, quite a bit, but how is it that you got into some of your side hustles? We've talked and you've got more than I can remember because there, there's so many side hustles, but how did you get involved in doing something else on the side? I guess, you know, it's not much of a stretch when you think about it as an educator, I really value learning. And so when I get interested in something, I dive into it. And so that's how I started writing books. That's how I started doing web design on the side. And is how I started doing product reviews. I got interested in something or I had a need in my life. And so I pursued that thing. And, and that's how I started almost all of my side hustles was I was interested in something. So I looked at it and it grew into something bigger. Very cool. Not many people would take something that they're interested in and see how they can profit from it and, uh, you know, turn it into a business more or less. Most people just say, Oh, I'm interested in that. And then they move on. And yeah, well, that's the cool thing about teachers though, is teachers know that the best way to learn something is to teach it. And so if you're interested in something, you want to create a product, you want to create something that you can share with others. So it's kind of a natural extension of just being a teacher. Good point. I, I, that's a good way to look at it. Not, not the way I would typically look at it, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, so starting all these side hustles, being a teacher, being a family man, in that time frame, while you're, while you're starting up these side hustles, what was your biggest failure and what did you learn from that? <laughs> you know, honestly, in every single endeavor I've, I've started, as far as side hustles are concerned, anyone that's been successful started with failure. And, and I think that's, just part of life. No matter what you try, the faster you can fail, the better off you'll be because then you know the wrong ways to do it and you're going to learn from that. And so I think for me, if I had to say the biggest failure, it would be waiting to take action. And I know 
especially when I was in graduate school and things like that, I kept saying, well, when I become a professor or when I have a summer break or when, you know, and I would put things off. When I learned to stop waiting and just take action, that's when things started taking off for me. Absolutely. Taking action is, is monumental when, it's, when it uh, comes to starting a business. Uh, but the, the common phrase, you know, is fail fast, fail often. You know, you try and get that out of the way quickly so that you can move on and, and get that success. So. Yeah. Well, and you know, the funny thing with that is in our school systems, and I'm part of the problem here, is there's such a culture of failing is wrong, failing is bad. We give report cards that show when you failed and make a big deal out of it. And in the entrepreneurial world, we know, of course, we want to fail often and we want to fail fast. But I think we've been kind of in culture that failure is a bad thing. And so too many people avoid failure. They don't know that it's okay. It's just part of the process. And and that's a struggle I have as a teacher is reprogramming my students to realize that they need to take some risks. They need to try some things that are hard. And it's a challenge. So the, speaking of that, how do you balance that reprogramming them that failure is okay, risks, risks are okay, but then also trying to you know, balance the parents that want the good grades and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's the challenge. And now, honestly, the parents, that's one of the biggest obstacles. I, I would say the biggest thing I do is I give them lots of opportunities to do hard things. So, like, I encourage my students to try to write their first book, you know, in fifth grade. That's when I, my daughter did that last year as a 10-year-old. She wrote a book and published it, and it was a great experience. Wow. And I try to encourage my students to do big things like that. And inevitably, when they try a big, hard thing, they're going to fail. So then I'm there to support them. And so it's giving them a challenge, having them do like one of the things my students do is they read 50 books uh, during the year and 10 of them have to be nonfiction. And most of my students have never read nonfiction. So they're reading stuff like Rich Dad, Poor Dad in fifth grade. And it's a challenge for them. They like the stories, but they don't like that, you know, it takes a while to get to the next good story. But as I support them in that, and as we talk through things, then they realize, okay, I'm benefiting from this. It's making me a better person. I'm developing a skill or whatever. And so once they've done that a few times, tried hard things and not had success the way they wanted, it gets a lot easier. So the question I have for you then is, can we move by you? My oldest is in second grade. That would be awesome to have her reading those kind of books in fifth grade at school, you know? Like, yeah, no, it's fun. Well, cool and curriculum. I do that with my kids. Um, I do story time every night with all four of my kids, including my 14-year-old teenager. And we read together every night and he's read books like that. But the coolest thing about being a parent is reading it with them because he'll read a page, then I'll read a page, we'll talk about it. And that's our bedtime story for the night. And some of my best memories in, in my whole life have been reading cool books with my kids. Very cool. Yeah. Right now, my, my daughter is in second grade. She's, she's really diving into chapter books now. I mean, granted, they're nice. not really... Magic Treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're not really deep, but you know, that is, that is cool that you have those experiences and uh, they'll grow from that by, by reading those books at such a young age. I think of yeah. all the times I've experienced people who are, you know, 18, 19 going to uh, like uh, business conventions and things like that. I'm like, man, if I had the same head on my shoulders at your age, I would be in a completely different place. So, yeah. well, and don't you wish that when you were 10, you read the four hour work week or, you know, oh, for sure. That's a game changer for kids. So, yeah, absolutely. I, unfortunately I grew up around parents who are entrepreneurs, but uh, 
it's still, um, you know, you're not there with them most of the time. So you don't see everything how it typically goes, but, um, so you resonate a lot with the word hustle. How would you personally define the word hustle? You know, we talked about this a little bit before, and honestly, I haven't really thought of a definition. I'd say hustle is just taking action. I think I'd keep it simple and it's taking action in a way that it's going to benefit your life and someone else's life, you know? So you can take action by watching Netflix every day, but that's not a real productive hustle, right? And so if you're doing something to make the world a better place, I think that's where hustle comes in. Very good. So don't hustle on Netflix. Uh, unless you're riding your bike while you watch, that's what I do. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> I've I've tried to do that, and I, I it's hard for me to uh, focus. I've just got to turn up some loud music or something, and that that's what gets me going when I'm working out. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about some, like we mentioned, there's lots of side hustles you you've had. Um, take me through some of those things, just a brief overview of what you're doing as side hustles, and then we can dig in a little deeper on a couple of them. Yeah. Well, so one that's kind of fun for me is um, I mentioned earlier that we moved cross country a few years ago. And when we did so, I didn't have a job. We just felt we should move and we're taking kind of a leap of faith and moved to a city we'd never even been to before, but we just thought there's going to be some opportunities there. And so we did that. And then I didn't get hired. And, and when my first year here, I was unemployed and it was humiliating to me because I was at the top of my profession as a professor doing really well, making decent money to going unemployed and not being able, I mean, I literally applied for dozens of jobs, even minimum wage jobs and couldn't even get an interview. So it was just this horrible, dark period of my life. And Christmas was coming. So it was around this time, November, um, after we'd moved here. And I thought, what am I going to do for my kids this year for Christmas? Because we just didn't have money. We were barely paying our bills. And um, my younger brother said, well, why don't you just get stuff for free? (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? And he had been doing this for a while where companies would send him toys and he would review them, put them on YouTube or take a picture and put it on Instagram. And then he'd get to keep the stuff. And in some cases, they'd even pay him to do it. And I'd always, he'd told me about it before. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like too much work. Or I don't have a social profile. You know, I can't do that. But finally, I was desperate. I was like, you know, the caveman provider in me said, I need to do something for my kids. So um, I called him up and he told me about a company he was working with to get connected with brands. And I, I tried, I signed up, I got a profile and I started reviewing things. And At first, you know, it was reviewing stuff that I didn't really want, but it's what they sent me. And then within a few weeks, even, I started getting cooler stuff. And then they started paying me to do reviews. And that first year, I reviewed uh, 350 things. So it was like Christmas every day. I just got packages all the time. And I got paid over $1,000 that first year just to put videos up on YouTube and and pictures on, on Twitter and it was such a good experience that I actually wrote a book called How to Get Free Stuff. And I, it was just one of those things that even today, I don't do it nearly as much because we have too much stuff now and I can't give it away fast enough. I give some of it. In fact, I can kind of angle you back. We've got <laughs> a ukulele in the corner back there for my students. And I bring in drones and backpacks and stuff. And my students will uh, earn up money to auction uh, and to get all this cool stuff. But that's been a really fun side hustle where it makes me a little bit of money. Now I only spend, I'll do reviews like once or twice a month for an hour or two. And that's all the time it takes for me. And I'll make like a hundred bucks a month. So it's not 
you know, a big money maker, but it's also not a time suck either. Uh, and so that's been super fun. And anytime I really want something, if my wife's like, oh, my blow dryer just broke, well, I'll look to see if I can get someone to send me one and I'll get a, <laughs> a really nice blow dryer instead of a cheap blow dryer. And that's how we've kind of scaled up our life is now we get nicer things for free. And so that's been really cool. Wow. That's, that's quite the dream right there to just get all your stuff for free. And, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's very cool. Even though, like you said, it's not a huge moneymaker, it still sounds like it's a, it's a pretty cool gig, especially as an educator. Like you said, you're bringing stuff in for the kids. So, yeah, well, and with my own children, that's why I started it in the first place was to get them cool things. And it has been so fun because when Christmas comes or when birthdays come, you know, as a teacher, I'm never going to have a ton of money to buy fancy things for my kids. But now I can get slightly cooler things. Um, you know, they've gotten a lot of remote control cars and drones and stuff like that and musical instruments and you know, so that's been really cool. All my kids are getting ukuleles this year for Christmas. So nice. <laughs> don't air this before Christmas. They won't watch it anyways. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool for them. So I've enjoyed that. That is very cool. Uh, so that, like you mentioned, you, you still do that. Um, but I want to jump back a little bit. It's something you mentioned that I thought was crazy. You moved across the country mm -hmm. with no job no anything just a complete <laughs> leap of faith to a city you've never been to before that's that's impressive but then like you said you made it work you 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 hustled your way to get things started so yeah well and you know honestly most people can't do that that would terrify them to death and i by myself with my kids i probably couldn't have done it either but my wife she we were feeling unsettled we were feeling things were we needed to make some changes. And my daughter had some health problems because of where we were living. She's severely asthmatic. And so going to a drier place made a lot of sense. And so yeah. we made the leap, but we'd also, we made the leap 20 years ago when we got married. Uh, the day I graduated from college, we just moved. We just, we wanted to do our own thing and be independent. We just moved across the country, ended up in Connecticut uh, where I ended up doing my master's degree, but I hadn't been accepted to a program. We didn't have a job. We're just, just like, let's go do our thing. And that's all my wife. I'd never would have done that on my own. So I'm just lucky. Well, it sounds like you've, uh, you've, you're definitely living the taking action. You know, that's, you're, you're not waiting around. You're just jumping into it. Yeah. Um, so you've got a book, like you mentioned, it's coming out by the time this airs, it'll, it will already be out, but, mm -hmm. um, Tell me a little bit about that book. I know it's based on the, the product reviews, correct? No, um, I already wrote a book on product oh, reviews. That's right. That's the right. one this I have about your transformation. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. So we, and we haven't touched on that last year. I lost a hundred pounds uh, and 20% body fat. And, and um, the, the cool thing about that whole process, you know, it, it was fun to get back into shape. I ran a double marathon a couple months ago and, and have done some really cool things. But the coolest thing was people kept asking me to talk about my experiences and how did you do it? And as I started talking on podcasts or on YouTube channels or, or even in speaking gigs to high schools and stuff like that, I realized that the things that allowed me to lose weight and keep it off and feel better and live healthier were the same things that I'd been doing to, you know, with my other side hustles. You know, when I started doing web design for celebrities or when I became a sports writer I followed the same process 
in taking action that I did to lose weight. And so once I started making those connections, I'm like, I got to get this down on paper. And so the book for me was fun because it's part memoir. It's me just telling stories of how I did cool things. And it it does talk about the book reviews in there and it talks about the weight loss journey. Um, But then the second half of the book is picking, putting those pieces together. And I have a five-step process on how to pick the right kind of transformation, how to organize a useful plan, how to take action and work hard on that thing, um, what kind of education you need to get and how that's an iterative process. And then finally, the importance of relationships. And those five steps, um, it's true in anything. I'm sure you could look at your own uh, life as an entrepreneur and say, okay, well, yeah, I've definitely done those things. I, that's just what we go through if we want to have a cool change or a transformation in our life. So the book's called Unlocking the Power of Transformation. And I use that acronym POWER, P-O-W-E-R, to kind of uh, outline the process. It was fun to write. Yeah, sounds sounds like it, it was quite the journey. And uh, we talked a little bit about it, but how how did that make it? So you, you related to, you know, your side hustles to the transformation, but how has going through that transformation affected your ability to handle all these side hustles? Um, are you talking specifically of the weight loss transformation? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, that one's an easy one. When you're fat, it's hard to do things. You know, it's just true. I mean, if it's hard to get in your car, if it's hard to walk around the block, it's hard to sleep at night, then it's hard to be awake during the day, you know? And so when I was over 300 pounds, I just had a hard time being productive, even though during that time, I still was doing some of these side hustles. I just wasn't having as much success in them. And so it was a slow process. And, and certainly when I improved my health, it just made it easier to do things. I started waking up earlier and that, that for me was weird. So I started waking up earlier to exercise so I wouldn't miss time with my kids uh, and wouldn't have to take away from my job, you know, as a school teacher. And so I started getting up earlier, but I had more energy to do it. And, and so I still, I still wake up at 4.30 every day. And um, I get so much done between 4.30 and 7.30 when the school day starts for me, that three hours, I get so much done. That's when I do my writing. That's when I work on my businesses, my YouTube channel, uh, my podcast. And it's just, I've been so much more productive because I'm awake. I, I have the energy, you know, to pursue things. And then that time I have at home with my family at night, it's quality time because I can now wrestle with my kids again. We can be more active. But even when we're sitting around watching Netflix, you know, and just hanging out, um, I don't know, being healthier just makes that time even more enjoyable. So it, it just really has made a difference across my whole life. Absolutely. That's very cool. I, I relate to that. I wake up at 4.30 myself so that I can get some nice. stuff done before <laughs> the kids wake up. So uh, so ha- the question is that you kind of answered it a little bit there, but how is it that you balance these side hustles with your full-time job? Well, and yeah, so I did touch on that. The biggest thing is that I have to compartmentalize, right? And so when I'm working early in the morning, the cool thing about being up at 4.30 is there's no distractions. No one's calling you. You're not getting new emails or whatever. And so I'm able to be really productive in those early morning hours. And then the rest of the day, I don't think about it at all. I set it aside. Um, I have no notifications enabled on my phone. I don't do social media during the day or anything like that. And so 
when I get home and I need to decompress, that's when I do some of those things. I check my email, I get on Facebook, you know, and I relax for a little bit when I get home. But then I have that quality time with my kids. So basically from six till they're all in bed at nine, nine thirty, those three and a half hours, I'm fully there with my kids and not worried about other things. And then after nine thirty, like a lot of people do their business at night. I can't. My brain turns off by then. So that's my quality time with my wife. And that's when we hang out and do things. So I just compartmentalize it. Now, the truth is I'm busier than I want to be. You know, I'm still full-time 12, 14-hour days on Saturdays, you know, and stuff like that. And so uh, I wish that I didn't have this shiny object syndrome and was pursuing everything. I'm trying, like I mentioned with the reviews, I've way scaled back because it's just not a priority in my life anymore. And I want to focus on the things that matter most. But that's a constant battle, you know, deciding and prioritizing what really is bringing me the most fulfillment in my own life. And how can I get rid of those other things that I still kind of enjoy, but just aren't bringing us much value. So I I struggle with that. Yeah, I understand. Now, the question is with so many of those things, what what is your priority in when you're spending 12 14 hour days on saturday like what is what is your priority for your side hustle right now um well it depends sometimes i have deadlines so i'm i'm working um with a i still do have a few web clients so i've I've done some web design in the past uh and like my buddy uh kyle collinsworth he's a basketball player and I, I help him with his web stuff. And he just launched some merchandise yesterday. And so I had to hop on to make sure that that was all up and things were working for him. And so sometimes those kinds of things take priority. But if I have a clean slate and can do anything, writing is my first priority. That's what I do first thing in the morning. I'll write at least 250 words and just try to do that every day, no matter what. Uh, and then after that, you know, my true mission in, in life is to help teachers. That's really where my, my sweet spot is. And so I'm working on resources for teachers. How can I make teachers' lives easier? What resources can I develop that will make it easier to be a teacher? Um, how can I help teachers have more fun in the classroom? And so that's where I really spend, you know, if I can choose how to spend my time, that's where I'm at. Very cool. So we talked about how you're creating a platform for educators Uh, Can you dive into that a little bit more, what you're trying to do to help educators? Yeah. So um, right now I I have big plans for next year. And so I I don't have anything currently launched, but I have a a new brand that I'm launching called Elementary Teacher Tips uh, just to help teachers out. And the website's in beta as I'm starting to reach out to other teachers and get their best ideas. Um, but that's what I'm working on is it's going to be a podcast and a blog for teachers where we can share resources. And really my big hope with this one is teachers have certain resources already. Like there's a website called Teachers Pay Teachers where you can de- develop a curriculum and share it with another teacher and they buy it. And it makes your job easier as a teacher, but then someone's also financially benefiting. And I think sites like that are really great. But the problem is a lot of teachers don't want to spend a penny on anything because they just don't have those extra pennies to spend. And so I'm trying to make a free version of something like that where we can develop resources, have directories of the best resources out there, the different websites and stuff like that. So right now I'm just compiling a ton of information so I can make it easier for teachers to find answers to their problems. uh, And then we'll build from there. So I don't know kind of the long-term vision yet on on the site. I'm just trying to make teachers' jobs a little bit easier. Okay. Very cool. That's a, that's a worthy goal. And I, I understand, uh, I 
uh, one of my personal favorite uh, charities is Donors Choose, uh, mm-hmm. which allows you to get money directly to specific classrooms. And so I, right. I really enjoy that. Uh, so you've also got your own podcast going right now, correct? Yeah, I just have one for kind of the health and fitness stuff. It's called After the Run. And I'm not a great podcaster. I just, when I get done running sometimes, I'll record it on my phone. This is what I was thinking about on my run and I'll throw it up. But I don't interview anyone. It's really raw, unedited. So, but it's been fun to put it out there because when people ask me, well, what did you do? I can just say, go to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. You you probably wouldn't want to hear my after the run uh, podcast notes because it would be a lot of expletives and a, a lot of why did I do this? And, yeah. Yeah. So you, you ran a double marathon. Is that something you enjoyed doing or is that, <laughs> or is that just kind of a, I'm going to tackle this, I'm going to achieve this? It was more the latter. I wanted to challenge. I'd run several marathons before. And as I was losing the weight, I was like, I really want to kind of accentuate. Once I hit the 100 pounds loss, I was like, well, what's the next goal? Because if I don't have a goal, the weight's going to come back. And so I wanted to train for something meaningful. And so I trained for that and, and ran it. And it was a, it was a really great experience. Um, I have a number of health problems with my feet. And so I was really nervous that I wouldn't be able to tolerate the pain during the run. Um, but it, it worked out that I didn't have any issues during the race. My son ran the first six miles with me, which was really cool. He hates running too, um, but he wanted to support me in it. So that was a really cool experience. Uh, and the race just overall, it was called last one standing uh, down here in St. George. And it was just, you know, it was one of those races that the people who put it on did a fantastic job. It was just a wonderful experience. I met it, you know, when you're running all through the night, you know, I ran for like 11 hours and pulled an all nighter. And when you're doing that, the other people who are running it are all crazy people too. And so it's easy to meet them and get to know them and hear their experiences. And so it was a, a wonderful experience for me, but I'm glad it's over. I'll probably not do it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, I understand that. Like I said, uh, not my favorite, but very, very cool that you, uh, that you got to experience that. Yeah. Um, so what, aside from the education thing, that's your big focus. Is there any other side hustles you're planning to, uh, that have enticed you the shiny object syndrome, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm tempted all the time. And so the big thing is learning to say no to things, um, trying to stay focused and, and stick to the things um, that are really moving the needle, both personally that are making me feel great, but also are helping others. For me right now, the big thing is I, I've been trying to get into public speaking more and get on stages and, and work mostly in, in teacher professional development, working with other teachers um, but just getting on any stage and it, I didn't know that was a thing. People actually get paid to do that, which is kind of cool. <laughs> um, and so I've started looking at that. I'm actually going to a, a workshop retreat here in a couple of weeks to learn how to deliver a better keynote. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in the learning phase of that right now, but that's the one that's getting me really excited is, is learning how to essentially be a better teacher, you know? And so I'm still working on myself. Very cool. Now, is there, is it ever a goal of yours to, uh, have these things take over the teaching or is teaching always going to be the goal and then supplement with other things to help teachers and whatnot? Yeah. Well, that's the cool thing. Almost everything I'm doing is teaching. And so I, I think your real question is, am I ever going to transition out of the classroom? 
And I might. I don't know. I, I really enjoy being here with these fifth graders. I feel like I'm making a positive impact in their lives. And I'm gaining just as much from them. You know, it's it's something that I I go home feeling good at the end of the day. Um, unless a parent was yelling at me. <laughs> but... <laughs> But it's a real rewarding profession. Would I like to have more freedom to teach what I want, when I want, how I want? Sure. Uh, And fortunately, I do have summer vacations and things like that where I can do a little bit more and play around with these side hustles and really scale them up. Um, I don't know if I'll transition completely out or not, but um, I'm not, you know, I'm open to that. Okay. Very, very cool uh, outlook on it that you... Um, that you do get to make a difference and that you do enjoy what you do. So uh, not a lot of people um, love what they do in, in their regular job. So that's very cool. Um, well, I want to be uh, cognizant of your time. So I just want to give you a little bit of time here to um, shout out any particular people, where people can find you, where they can find more information about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, Well, shout out to you. I mean, I love that you're doing this with your podcast and that you're bringing this value to the world, helping people be more successful in their side hustles. Because I know, as you do, that having a side hustle, having any hustle is just a fulfilling thing. It it brings you more joy in your life and, and it gives you an opportunity to give more value out to the world. And so, you know, I love podcasts. And Many people start um, in the entrepreneurial space by listening to people like Pat Flynn with Smart Passive Income and maybe your Gary V's or, or, you know, Lewis Howes, those kind of folks. And I've loved all those podcasts, but I'm really grateful for the podcasts that focus specifically on what are we doing in our extra time? Because most people don't feel like they have extra time, you know? And so I appreciate what you're doing. I I love listening to, to shows like this. It's just really fantastic. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, you're, you're too kind, but I, I do appreciate it. <laughs> um, so any, where can people find you? And Yeah, so I, I have just, I mean, I have a ton of websites, but uh, my hub is tylerchristensen.com. So that's T-Y-L-E-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-S-E-N. So christensen.com, uh, and that'll show you where I'm speaking. It'll show you what I'm doing with my all my side hustles. So it's kind of my hub to point to all the different things I'm working on. As I have new things come out, like with my book coming out next week, I'll link to it from there. So you can get it on Amazon or wherever, but uh, the link will be on my website. Very cool. And I'll make sure to include a link uh, on, on this podcast description to your website. Cool. So Thanks. People can find you that way. Um, yeah. So I, again, like I said, I appreciate that you took the time out of your day to do this, especially since you're still at the school and trying to mm-hmm. get work done. But, uh, um, yeah, thank you again. And, um, uh, I'm sure we'll be in contact in the near future, but for everybody else out there, uh, hopefully this in- story inspired you to get out there and hustle the day. Everybody, thanks for listening to the hustle the day podcast all the way through. I really appreciate that. I just want to let you know that I help small businesses with their online strategy. So if you or anyone that you know needs help with their online strategy and owns a small business, I'm your guy. Go ahead and connect with me at Trent V. Bray on Instagram or TrentVBray.com.